On The Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. It is so good to be with you. Happy Christmas and a faith filled Advent. I keep hearing the Lord say, cover that with Advent. Cover that with Advent. Because Christmas tries to get me all ramped up. Christmas tries to get me stressed out. Christmas tries to get me, oh, we have to go there. Oh, man, that's a party. I don't have all day to do that. I'm in the middle of finals. I can't do that, right? And I'm like, cover that with Advent. Cover that with Advent. So I'm very excited to be covering everything with Advent. Well, uh, if you're unfamiliar with Advent or you think that it's all about that little, uh, that little countdown calendar filled with chocolate morsels, right? Uh, I, wanna, I wanna set the record straight this morning. So open your app. If you've got the app, open your app. I want you to go with me here because I want you to get some notes out of all this. But open the app and allow me to start today by clearing up some of the confusion behind and surrounding the meaning of the Advent season. The word Advent, here's, the, here's what this word, it's a Latin word, it's an old Latin word. It means to come or the arrival. That, that's what that means, you know. So the Advent uses four Sundays right before Christmas to help us remember and focus our hearts and our minds in three things. Here they are. First one is preparation to get. We're wanting to receive the blessing that our deliverer is coming. See, so, so Lord, I want, I want to be prepared for that. The second thing is the intention to give. I'm intending to give not only myself to the Lord, but also to other people. I'm, I'm willing to lay down my life. I'm willing to give uh, to others. And then lastly, in faith-filled expectation. This is what Advent's about. Preparation, intention, and expectation to go. We, beloved, are living in the last days. If you don't believe me, you haven't read the newspaper lately, right? If you don't believe me, you just need to take a look at the global scale and say, what in the world's happening, right? We're, we are waiting on the return of Jesus. He is coming again in glory to take us home so that we can be with him. That's what he promised, and that's where my faith is. So in this Christmas season, in this Advent, I'm not just looking back, but I'm also looking forward. In fact, the church today is in a similar situation to Israel in the Old Testament. Right toward the end of the Old Testament, you have these books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, right? The Israelites during this time uh, in the Bible are in exile, and they're waiting and they're hoping, right, for in prayerful expectation for the coming of a Messiah for deliverance, right? They're in exile, right? And at that time, while they're here, in, here I am in Daniel, right? They're, they're looking back here in Exodus because they were in Egyptian captivity here and God rescued them. So now they're over here in Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, right? They're, they're sitting in Babylonian captivity this time, and they're saying, hey, you, you did it for us over there. Can you do it for us over here? Well, that's why as Christians, we can relate to what's happening to the Israelites because we're here today. If you get a proper biblical perspective, we are living in exile we are living in captivity, and we are now looking back, and you can fill this in on your notes, in celebration of the first time that Jesus came, but we're also looking forward in anticipation to his second coming. 
See, just like the Israelites said, well, you did it in Exodus. Will you do it here in Ezekiel? We're saying you did it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Will you do it here in Revelation? See, we're doing the same thing. John chapter 14, I want you to hear the way it's spoken. It's just so beautiful. John chapter 14, listen to what Jesus says. He says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this weren't so, would I have told you that I'm going to go prepare a place for you? Hey, when everything's ready, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you. So you'll always be with me where I am. See, this is what we're celebrating at Christmas. Yes, we're celebrating back in John chapter 1. We're celebrating in Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. But we're also celebrating this fact that he's coming back. This is how and why we sing the Advent hymn, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Right? Come, be with us. Come, be with us. It expresses the church's prayer of expectancy during the Advent season. Today I want to look back at a time when the world, really there was no hope. So I want to, if you have your Bibles, and I hope you bring your Bibles, it's always good to have your Bibles with you, but I want you, I want you to turn between the last book in the, in the Old Testament called Malachi, right, and the first book in the New Testament called Matthew. It happens to be these blank pages. These blank pages, this is where I want you to turn. This is what's called the 400 years of silence. Right here, the last page of Malachi, right? Listen to me now. God stopped t- talking. There were no prophecies. There was nothing going. God went, listen to me, God went silent for 400 years. And the people are like, where is God? And so they were praying. They're praying. And now they're under Roman opposition. They're under Roman oppression, Right? And they're in this silent era where God's not talking. And it's a desperate time. I can't imagine a world without Jesus. And yet, many times in my life, I live like he doesn't exist. Right? A trial, a difficulty comes into my life, and I attempt to handle it on my own. Like he doesn't exist. I might as well be living here. But the beauty, beloved, is this is where we're living. This is where we're living. Jesus is with us. Again, Emmanuel. Loneliness will flood my heart. And instead of reaching out to the Lord, I, I sulk. And I withdraw into the shadows. And then Jesus interrupts me. And he fills each dark corner with the light of hope that I talked about last week. That light that just brightens my life. Jesus steps into the smelly, the unlikely, and the very ordinary manger of my life. This this manger that is mine. And you know what he does? He changes everything. Jesus comes in, he says, oh, watch what I can do now. I want you to check out the drama that unfolds. Open up to the book of Luke, please, would you? The good news of Luke tells a beautiful beginning of Jesus' story. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Watch what happens. I'm going to read right through verse 15. 
At the time of the Roman Emperor Augustus, he decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everybody returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took, him, he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. We'll come back to that. And while they were there, the, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And then suddenly, kabat! isn't that the way the Lord likes to work? Suddenly, I love that word. An angel of the Lord appears among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were freaked out. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Angels have a tendency to say that. I'm bringing you good news that's gonna bring great joy to all people. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you're going to recognize him by this sign. It's the biggest hotel on the block. It's the wealthiest place for kings to stay. You're going to recognize him by this sign. You're going to find him wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly angels joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds turned around to each other. I, 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 we ought to go to Bethlehem. Let's go check out this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. Beloved, this is the way this happens. There's so, there's so much in here. I, I wanted, I debated on just unpacking these verses for the entire Advent series, right? Because we would, we'd look at hope, which was last week. We're looking at faith. It's all here, right? Uh, this week. And then joy next week. And then peace and then love. It's all right here. Advent is right here. But you know what else I think is in here in the midst of all this? Doubt. And unfortunately for me, for a long time, I thought doubt was wrong. I actually thought doubt was sinful. And I guess at times it can be. However, I wonder if doubt, even in a good God, is more a part of the Christmas story than we can imagine. The unsure of the next. Think about Mary. She's a teenage girl, probably suffered some Serious cold shouldering because of her out of wedlock, now obvious pregnancy, right? If I, I would doubt if I was Mary. That's why the angel told her, don't be afraid. Yeah, well, you have no idea what they do to unwed pregnant women. Think about Joseph. He's a good guy. He's trying to earn a living, put bread on the table, right? He's got a reputation at stake. Local carpenter. That's your wife? So you guys were like, uh, no, no, if I was Joseph, I doubt. So what did the angel tell him? Don't be afraid. Why? Why do, why do we get told, don't be afraid? Because I, I, think, I think what's happening right now is Mary and Joseph are like, okay, so how are you going to work this out? How are you going to make this thing happen? In fact, I think 
The questions that we ask this Christmas are the questions that they asked that Christmas. I think the stuff that's going on in our lives, the questions that we're going, Lord, God, Jesus, I think they were saying, God, because fear will do that to you. Fear will cause you to doubt. But, but I, 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 that's not part of the plan. Right? Anybody make plans? And then you go, what just happened? We had this plan. It was, we knew exactly. And then, wah. You can fill this in, please. To have faith in God's goodness. I want you to know, ultimately, isn't it about living free of struggle or conflict, never questioning our life circumstances? If we're going to live in faith, then I pray, I pray for you today that you would hear. You would hear, and I don't care how it comes to you. I, I, it can come from me. It can come from an angel. It can come from the Lord himself. But I want you to hear today, don't be afraid. I want you to hear that today. That's how we live in faith. See, Jesus could have come in many ways, but he chose, he chose to interrupt the ordinary with the extraordinary. I go, what? He could have been born in a palace. Again, after he's a king, right? Why not be born in a palace? And yet his life on earth begins in what amounted to little more than a smelly, dirty barn. That's, that's where the phrase comes from. What, were you born in a barn? Started here with Jesus. Right here, right? Sometimes life doesn't make sense and we doubt and we live in faith. Watch this, simultaneously. You ever been in that place where you're like, I don't know, but I, but I believe the Lord told me, but I just don't see how he's gonna accomplish it. I know what God says, but I, that's, that's living in that place. I remember my manger moment. I remember my manger moment. I remember that holy place when God became a reality to me, when I first had faith, when I worshiped him. That place was not a pretty place. That place was a struggling place. That place was a lonely place. And that's where he met me. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the heartache. And you can fill this one in. This is your last blank this morning. Doubts aren't wrong, but they give us a moment to choose faith in our hard times. Because when you start to doubt the Lord, you go, but I'm going to believe in your promise, but I'm afraid. And that's when you have to hear the Lord say, don't be afraid. Yeah, but the doctor said, don't be afraid. But the bank called, don't be afraid. But the grades are coming, don't be afraid. We get to choose faith, just like Joseph and Mary chose faith in what I believe is a hard time. I, I, it's hard for us to understand the concept, the concept that's happening here, because dang it, 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 I don't know what's happening in our culture, but now it's popular to get pregnant, have a baby, and then maybe get married later. That's not what was happening here. Everything's on the line. And so my question is, are you in a manger place? No, no place to stay? 
She's nine months pregnant. And there's not a bed in the hotel? Yeah, but you can stay in the barn. Are are you in a manger place? You're not understanding what God's going to do? Or even what your next steps look like? Beloved, today, let's put our faith into action. Let's trust Jesus to deliver us at the right time, which is often in our hard time. That's that's where we have to trust. I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan and Don to join me this morning. I've asked them to share with, with us how they are living out their faith in a very tangible way. And Willow. Some of you may not be aware of this, but on a yearly basis, and this might freak you out, but I don't want it to freak you out. It's actually something to take heart in. Uh, something that I've watched Pastor Marty do um, over the last 21 years that I've been serving here at the sanctuary, my wife and I, and that is every single year he asks the Lord to confirm and affirm to him whether or not he is to continue in the assignment the Lord has for him here at the church. And the thing that's amazed me about that question is that at times, well, lots of times, frankly, over the last 21 years, God has been growing and developing something extraordinary here at the sanctuary. And I've often thought to myself, don't ask God that. <laughs> Things are awesome, dude. Like, like, just don't ask, you know? It's like, it's like praying for patience. Like, don't ever do that. You know, so... Uh, but because I've watched Pastor Marty do that regularly, uh, that is something that my wife and I also have done regularly. And uh, this year we have asked that question, and this year a different answer came back. Uh, frankly, in the last several weeks here, uh, when I taught three weeks ago today, the very next day the Lord confirmed to Don and I that our season here at the sanctuary is drawing to a close. And... Uh, what he's asking us to do, because we want to be in the center of his will, and frankly, things are good. Look around. Uh, things are amazing. But he has said to us, your assignment's done, and I need you to take a leap of faith, and I need you to make room for whoever is supposed to come next. Yeah. And oftentimes, in order for God to move in a particular fashion, we need to obediently step aside to allow something else to happen. And the last 21 years and three months and several odd days here, this has been our church home, and this is the assignment the Lord has given us. We came with a baby in tow, and now we have two olders and Willow now in tow. (laughs) Uh, We are a different family, but we are different people because of our experience here. And frankly, uh, Pastor Marty and Debbie, um, we were given the gift of pastors, yes, but more importantly, the gift of deep relationship. And so that investment into our lives, we're frankly different people as a result of their investment. And so um, it's crazy to, to hear God's voice and, and heed his call when things are good, but we're called to obey and we're called to walk in faith. And so um, he's asked to take a leap of faith, of faith, to step out, and frankly, to step out without a clear understanding of what we're to do next. In fact, we felt distinctly the Lord was saying, you take the step, and then I will reveal what is next. 
which if you know anything about Don and I, we are very type A planning strategic people who like to have it all mapped out. Um, but we're not mapping this out. God is. But he's asking us to take that step of faith. And what that step will include is during uh, the month of December here, I'm going to be finishing out my role here on staff. So my last day uh, officially in my role as executive pastor will be the 31st of this month. But while we are anticipating God showing us those next steps, we are, uh, this is our church home. And we, are, we will remain here and we will be a part of this congregation uh, and so we're anticipating the Lord to give us that clarity. We literally don't know what that means. We don't know if that's going to be in Santa Clarita. We don't know if that's going to be somewhere else. We've put it all on the altar and said, Lord, we can be afraid, <laughs> but we're choosing to not be because God is good and he's always shown himself to be faithful to us. And we anticipate God not only to do something in our lives, but also the lives of those represented in this room and the part of this congregation. God's got a plan for the Edwards. He's got a plan for the sanctuary. He's got a plan for the walkers, each one of us. Yeah. And we want to pursue that plan. Also, uh, Dawn is going to continue in her role here at the church. Uh, the, the church leadership said, hey, while you guys are waiting and anticipating what God is doing next, would you be willing to continue in a temporary basis so we can cover some things but also be a blessing to your family? And, of course, we said, yes, that was a win-win uh, for us. And uh, so would you be praying for us? <laughs> uh, frankly, um, the word the Lord's given us is that he is transplanting us. And I, and I use that word very specifically because there are two ways that I think uh, we would ask for your prayers. Uh, number one, um, there's an uprooting that's happening. Uh, frankly, coming here to the church um, unabashedly, and it's part of the values that we have here, but it's also part of a conviction of ours, we've put our roots down very, very deep. In 21 years, your roots go really deep. And what's beautiful about those roots going deep is that there is, and I, I want to reframe a word that is often looked at negatively, and that is enmeshment. Roots and soil become enmeshed because they should. And our roots have gone down really deep. And as the Lord is uprooting us and doing so gently, I believe, he's been so kind. Um, but as he's doing that, that's really difficult. We have cried so many tears. I'll be honest with you. Like it's been, um, we're excited about what God could do, but we're also very aware of how unbelievably blessed we've been with relationships in this context. And this is not a ministry post. This is a truly a community of faith where we have uh, given and we've received. It's been a beautiful thing. So first, that uprooting. Would you pray for us that the Lord would carry our hearts, but also that uh, he would, um, there would be a, a nurture, a special nurture during this season as we uh, discover what all of that, all of this means. And then the second piece would be that uh, would be planting, that the Lord would show us where we are to be planted. Yeah. Um, as I said, we're taking a step of faith without the knowledge of what is next, but we're believing because God is a good God. He's going to show us exactly what that's to yeah. be, but we need the community around us to be praying and yeah. to lift us up because we want that clarity. I'm going to be knocking on doors. I'm trusting the Lord's going to open doors, but um, we need your prayers. And, you know, when you, when you, when you transplant a, a plant or a tree, if you take it out of the soil, you have to plant it fairly quickly or it starts to rot. And I don't think the Lord wants us to rot. He wants no. us to be planted. And those roots, still as long as they are, get to now enjoy um, 
something different. And I don't know what that different is, but we're trusting the Lord through that. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, and uh, this has been, um, it's obvious a huge transition uh, for all of us. M- Mrs. Walker, come on up. I'm going to ask my bride to come up because we're going to pray for the Edwards. But it's been 21 years here on staff, but Pastor Jonathan and I have been serving each other for 24 years. That's a long time. We've been serving and submitted to one another uh, in kingdom engagement, 24 years. And God's doing something new. And he's been telling us that. He's been telling us, God's doing something new. We're like, okay, we'll bring it. Okay, we'll bring it. Not knowing what it was, we were saying yes, because that's what we do. We said, Lord, you say, okay, yes. But we're still waiting, so what's it going to be? And then when Pastor Jonathan came to me and said, this is the new, I'm like, no, not that. And I was as shocked as you sitting here. Some of you I know. It's, when, when, I, when I get up in the morning, I know what I'm going to encounter. It lasts 24 years. And that's a, that's a hard transition. But it's an opportunity, as Pastor Jonathan just said, to walk in faith. Whew, I don't know the next steps. They don't know the next steps. But I know a good God who's in control. I know a good God. And it was not coincidence this teaching was already developed prior to them saying anything. I was like, oh, we're going to have to announce this. Oh, you should hear what I'm going to be talking about. The doubt, the what do we do? How is God going to complete? I'm like, the teaching for the... I'm just not that good. God is that good. That God says... On the faith Sunday, oh, God has great plans for the Edwards, for the Walkers, for the sanctuary. There's, there's plans. And here's, here's where I hold on to his promise for the Edwards. He holds the keys to the doors that when he opens them, nobody can close them. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he's going to open doors that nobody can close. I go, okay, then open the doors for my brother. Open the doors for my sister. And I go, all right, in Jesus' name, let them find that place, that new kingdom contribution, the place to bring that new kingdom contribution. Would you join me in praying for the Edwards, please? Father, I thank you for this man of God who in this leg of the race Finish strong. I thank you for this man of God, his contribution to me personally and to us as a congregation. I thank you, Father, that as you speak to him, Lord, I pray you would bring clarity, confirm it over and over and over again as you always do. You confirmed it even in our Christmas story when it was time to get there, there was a place. It may not have been the place we thought, but it was a place to give birth. And then when it was time to leave, here was the, the gold, the frankincense, and myrrh. There's finances. There's, there's resource to go to Egypt. There was all the, Lord, it was time and again, you confirm over and over again. So I'm asking, a covering for the Edwards family in Jesus' name. Watch over them. I am grateful for them. And I speak peace. A peace that goes beyond understanding a peace that goes beyond circumstance. Lord, where things 
we don't have answers, but we have questions, we can sit in the uncomfortable until it's not comfortable, until it becomes comfortable, right? We, we, we could sit there because your presence, we heard this this last week, your presence doesn't come to fix the problems, but to change our perspective. And your presence comes in and says, hey, I need you to look at this. So I'm asking in the name of Jesus, a blessing on my friends. I thank you, God, for their anointing. I thank you, God, for their calling that is sure, that is in place. The man of God, the handmaiden of the Lord, these are your servants. And we first bless them here, and we send them with blessing to to the next thing. As he passes the torch, as he said, made room for something else. I ask in the name of Jesus, watch over them and bless them. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, let it be done. Amen. Amen. I love those Edwards. We are all choosing faith today, one way or another. I am choosing faith not at the level of the Edwards, just in a different way. You are choosing faith. Many of you are going into the Christmas season having to choose faith. How do we choose faith? Lord, are you going to work this thing out? I don't get it. What's going on? I'm putting my trust. Last week, I'm putting my hope. Next week, I'm counting on his joy being my joy so that my joy overflows. This morning, I want to light the candle of faith. Right? Last week, we lit that candle, right? This one here, we lit this one. This was uh, hope, right? This morning, I'm going to light faith. Would you read this scripture? I'm going to pull it up on the overheads for us. Let's read this scripture out loud, right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. We celebrate this Christmas, this Advent. We cover Christmas with Advent. In faith, our faith for our circumstance. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that as we celebrate Advent today, I pray that you would watch over hearts, watch over minds, watch over present and future. I ask in the name of Jesus that as we worship you this morning, we pour out, as we said, earlier we pour out our praise you've given us this breath and so we return it to you with worship this morning in jesus name let it be so let it be done 